2: It's just being
4: me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor-Johnson. Rated R. Under
0: 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th.
1: Hello and welcome to Food Stuff. I'm Annie Reese, And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And we are your humble host for today. A topic about something I eat Every day? Every day. Yes, literally every day. Oh man, I try to eat it every day. Uh sometimes I
0: fail at that because I just don't purchase enough and I've never made it before. We're gonna be talking about yogurt. Yay! Yay, yogurt! <laughs> Aren't you excited? I'm actually very excited. This is this involves like bacteria and and so much amazing culture. Uh... Uh... I'm only gonna tell that joke like seven <laughs> times
1: and be that entertained by it throughout the course of this. So what is yogurt? According to Webster's Dictionary, it is, quote, a fermented, slightly acid, often flavored, semi-solid food made of milk and milk solids to which cultures of two bacteria, Lactobacillus bulgaricus and Streptococcus thermophilus, have been added. Ah, yes. that's sem- semi-solid food. <laughs> that sounds good. That's so the sexiest part. <laughs> I know. And that Lactobacillus bulgaricus and Streptococcus thermophilus part probably came from the FDA's 1981 defining of fresh prepared US yogurt as having to contain both those things. Technical definition. Let's,
0: <laughs> let, let's break that down just a little bit. What are, what are we actually talking about here? I mean, everyone, I mean, probably you've interacted with yogurt before humans.
1: Yeah, I would guess, but <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty common. Yeah. Especially these days. Yeah. So technical definition aside, basically, when fresh milk combines with friendly bacteria, which is also known as a yogurt starter culture, the milk thickens and becomes sour, which is that, like, tang that you taste in yogurt. Yeah. Um The bacteria eat the sugars in milk, the lactose, and excrete lactic acid, which does the thickening, souring. More on that in a moment. Yep. And acts as a preservative because it stunts or even prevents the growth of other less friendly bacteria. Depending on the temperature of where the yogurt is produced, the resulting culture will feature different types of bacteria. And thermophilic bacteria, they culture around 110 degrees Fahrenheit or about 43 degrees Celsius. And they're more common in warmer areas because of that. While mesophilic bacteria culture at room temperature about 70 to 77 degrees Fahrenheit or 21 to 25 degrees Celsius. Uh,
0: but according to the FDA definition, mesophilic bacteria cultures cannot be labeled and sold as yogurt in the United States. I'm sure for some kind of safety reasoning. I would guess. Or they just don't like them. Yeah, maybe. These days, most commercial yogurt is made from cow's milk, but it can be and is made from pretty much any domesticated milk producing animal. Uh, sheep, goats, yaks, horses, buffalo, etc. Plus, uh, plus, of course, non-animal milks like, like soy, rice, coconut, and and nut milk. Side
1: note, when I was researching an episode for ice cream a couple years ago, uh, London featured a Lady Gaga—it was called Lady Gaga, but she had nothing to do with it— ice cream flavor, and the milk was human breast milk. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I didn't see any examples of human breast milk yogurt— but I'm pretty positive it's I'm sure probably it's, a thing. It's
0: I'm sure it's happened at some point. It's a it's a wide world. Have you ever had any of these like goat? I've, I've definitely had sheep and goat uh, yogurt, mm-hmm. and I think coconut rice, soy, and almond milk. Yogurts. So you're pretty well traveled when it comes to yogurt. I I see a yogurt and I'm like, man, if I'm gonna eat it, I might as well try something. It's it's you can't (laughs) you can't you can't just live on chobani all day every day.
1: (laughs) Good to be adventurous for sure.
0: Have have you? I mean, I I love the kind of like funky flavor of sheep and goat milk.
1: Um, I know I've had like soy yogurt and coconut yogurt, but I don't know that I've had uh any other animal besides cow yogurt? Oh, it's so tasty. We should okay. This calls for a taste test. Yes, it does. I'm always down for a taste test.
0: <laughs> but uh, but so where where does the word yogurt come from to begin with?
1: The first known use of it dates back to Turkey in 1625, um, and it was most likely derived from the Turkish verb. Oh gosh, here we go. Yogromak. <laughs> That's sure. That sounds. I don't. I don't Uh-oh. know Turkish. So this yogromak. Uh, It meant to knead or, uh, more appropriately in this case, to curdle, coagulate or thicken. Uh,
0: Though yogurt has definitely been around a lot longer than like the 1600s and more also on yogurt's history in a second.
1: Yeah, there are approximately... A thousand and one different ways to spell yogurt. I'm not gonna try to pronounce them, even though I wrote them all down. My favorite
0: from this list, just looking at it, maybe, maybe this can be a video segment later on. Because um, <laughs> hey, guys, we also have a video show.
1: We do. Check yeah. it out. Uh-huh. It's awesome.
0: Uh, is is the one that looks in in, in American English
1: spelling like yogurt? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I love that one too. That'd be maybe we should start pronouncing it that way. Yogurt. Yogurt. <laughs> No one would think we were weird at all.
0: Yeah, absolutely not. No, no. no one thinks that about us anyway. I think no. we're safe.
1: No. Uh,
0: so um, uh, in, in addition to, of course, the uh, kind of goopy, semi-solid yogurt that is uh, perhaps or has been the most popular in American culture, there's there's been this this, this
1: influx of Greek yogurt. Which is my preferred yogurt. Me too. Personal note. Um, and the difference between Greek yogurt and regular yogurt is that Greek yogurt is more strained to get rid of the whey. And because of that, it's thicker and creamier. It has more protein than regular yogurt and also a higher fat content, less sugar and carbohydrates. Which, which is why I enjoy it more. I mean, unless
0: you've added sugar back in, of course. That's true. Yeah. Is a thing that
1: happens. And Greek yogurt has skyrocketed in popularity over the past years from a $60 million industry in 2005 to a 1.5 Billion-dollar industry in 2011. Wow. And Chobani and Faya, they hold the largest part of this market, but Chobani is, like, way above Faya. It's, like, 50%, I think, of the Greek yogurt market corner.
0: While we're here, what about kefir because kefir is also a fermented milk product, but it's made with a combination of those mesophilic bacteria and also yeast uh, in a slightly different method than yogurt. And traditionally it's it's a wee bit alcoholic, but it doesn't have to be. And the stuff sold in stores today is not. And maybe we'll cover that in a whole other episode. Yeah.
1: I've never had kefir and the price point has always been a something that keeps me away, but I have friends who love it.
0: So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I had a roommate who loved who had just just gallons, not gallons, like but just put like <laughs> put like a lot of the stuff around and like occasionally would be like would be like kefir. And I'd be like, sure. And I'd be like, Oh, why am I drinking yogurt? This is gross. <laughs> I was
1: always kind of unhappy about it. I don't just not for me.
0: Kefir is not the only other other like iteration
1: of yogurt around the world. There are so many iterations. The bigger ones that I know are labna, dahi. Which- what, where's where's dahi from? Uh, it's from India. Oh, okay. And usually they put it, um, at least when I was in India, they had it as the side, like you would mix it with curries. Oh, it's sure. like the kind of lighter.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. To kind of like, kind of cool, cool it, it down. Out. Yeah. yeah. There, there's also one that I, uh, that, that I kind of fell into a, a small rabbit hole of research about, uh, called Vili, which is a Finnish yogurt preparation that is ropey. Like, what? like, like, like natto? Like, like the Japanese ferment fermented uh, soybean stuff? Like, uh-huh. I, I don't know. It, look up a video, y'all. It's, it's the first time in a long time that I've said out loud at my desk, nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm really intrigued. I know, right? We could make it at home. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Uh, other things that I am so excited about, um, is the science behind yogurt because curdled milk is so cool. Like, like seriously, you guys, milk is amazing. Um, it's it's an emulsion, which is the science term for a mixture of things that do not usually mix, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the things that don't usually mix in this case are water and fats, because under normal circumstances, fats and water repel each other. But milk also contains uh, complex protein chains called caseins that are made up of both hydrophilic, that's water loving, and lipophilic, that's fat loving particles. And so when presented with both water and fats, caissons grab up bits of fat and and cluster into globules called micelles with the fat on the inside and the the water-loving bits on the outside. And so those hydrophilic particles grab onto electrons in the water, meaning that each micelle winds up having a negative charge. And since negatively charged particles repel each other, the globules suspend themselves throughout the water in order to keep their, their distance. And that is what makes milk an emulsion, chemically speaking. In order to make milk into yogurt now, you've got to de-emulsify it a little bit to get to that sexy, semi-solid state. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where those friendly lactic acid bacteria that we mentioned come in, because these critters love to eat lactose, which is the natural sugar that's in milk they 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 break it down during digestion releasing lactic acid as a byproduct and acids are uh they, they're they're sour tasting compounds of course that that react with water when they react with water they release positively charged hydrogen ions which is important because the acid reacts with the water in the milk releasing a bunch of hydrogen ions and these are positively charged particles that then latch onto the negatively charged micelles and neutralize them with no force keeping the micelles apart, they clump together. In this case, the result of that is thick, spoonable, semi-solid, creamy yogurt. Chemistry! Bacteria poop!
1: It's so cool! I love science! You didn't know when you first clicked on this episode that it was gonna get so sciencey, but yogurt has got a lot of science around it. Yogurt is full of science. It is also
0: full of history. Yes. Uh, because for, for millennia, Fermenting milk into yogurt or or into cheese was really the only way to preserve it. Um, probably the, the first like yogurt in in scare quotes. Uh, <laughs> yogurt was the result of prehistoric nomadic people storing their fresh milk in dried animal skins or dried animal stomachs. Um, perhaps going back to, to like the domestication of those animals circa 10,000 BCE, like a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and, and bacteria in the air or that had come into contact with the milk would would do its work. And refilling the same container would keep that bacterial culture going. Mm -hmm. Um, Records of fermented milk products go back to at least 6,000 BCE. There were a a whole bunch of ancient Indian holistic healers that were so excited about the health benefits of the stuff. Other historic records of yogurt, uh, around 100 BCE, there were some Greek texts that mentioned that barbarous nations Ate yogurt. And probably they were just talking about Asian nomadic peoples who are thought to have brought yogurt with them into Central and Northern Europe, where it eventually became kefir and, and other more drink-like fermented milk products. Um it's mentioned in the Bible. In the book of Job, Abraham credits his longevity to yogurt. Wow. And some historians even say that the land of milk and honey is talking about yogurt. Whoa. I know. Who knew? I didn't know. No, I didn't some know some, some historians historians apparently knew. Um, medieval Turks around the 11th century figured out that yogurt can be super great for battling digestive issues like diarrhea and cramps. Mm -hmm. That's because the the lactic acid can kill the some of the bad bacteria in your gut that are causing infections or preventing food from being digested properly. Uh, They also used it on sunburns. Mm -hmm. Putting dairy on sunburns seems like a real bad plan to me personally. Supposedly, Genghis Khan fed his army yogurt to instill them with bravery. Circa the 12th century, mm. um, and yogurt was totally a staple of the Mongolian diet at the time. So, like bravery
1: aside, it's not unlikely that that was going on. So, next time I'm experiencing a little bit of uh, nervousness, anxiety, perhaps I should reach for that uh, cup of yogurt. I, in fact, had yogurt right before I came oh, into the studio. You didn't test it out?
0: I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I, I guess not like not like in, with science, not like with a double-blind mm. study or anything like that, but. Yeah. But I'll see. Next time I won't eat
1: yogurt right before. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. Because podcasting is terrifying, you guys. We're, I mean. It actually senior. kind of is. There. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm sitting in my chair like someone experienced turbulence on a plane right now. <laughs> she, she is people. It's true. <laughs> it's, it gets, it gets easier after the first four or 500 times. So oh,
3: you do it. okay.
0: Can I share with you, perhaps to calm your nerves, this pretty amazing legend about King Francois the first of France and yogurt?
1: Please do.
0: Okay, so definitely yogurt entered France and and maybe Western Europe in general due to the French allegiance with the Turks who prescribed yogurt to help treat diarrhea, as -hmm. mentioned above. Uh Um, But this legend goes that in 1542, Francois I was severely depressed. Which they didn't call it back then, but his like listlessness and fits of nerves had his doctors totally flummoxed. Finally, the French ambassador to the sublime port, which was the, which is a great name. (laughs) That sounds lovely. I know, right? It's just a term for the central government of the Ottoman Empire at the time. Um, but, but this dude suggested calling up a doctor in Constantinople who everyone in the empire was talking about, like including members of the Sultan's court. Wow. And this dude was famous for a medicine that he made from fermented sheep's milk. So the king calls up the doctor, you know, whatever the equivalent was to come treat Mm -hmm. him. The doctor agrees, but he'll only travel on foot because he's got this prized flock of medicinal sheep. (laughs) So the dude marches his flock of sheep from Constantinople, which, of course, is modern day Istanbul, Mm -hmm. which is on the southwestern edge of the Black Sea, some 1600 miles that's like 2,600 kilometers across all of southern Europe to Paris. According to Google Maps, this is a 546-hour trip, which what? is like 23 days of walking, assuming that you and your sheep never sleep.
1: Oh my gosh! And then the sheep like wandered off. I don't. Okay.
0: I they're they're very. uh Sheep like. Focused
1: medicinal sheep. I don't know. I don't know.
0: He kept it together. Okay. Um, finally the doctor arrives and, uh, and the king, after eating this sheep's milk yogurt for several weeks, uh, is cured. But, mm-hmm. but the sheep are all sick. Oh. They, they never recover from this long walk and this change of locale and every single one of them dies. Oh no. And the king really wants the doctor to stay, but the doctor is, is heartbroken and he refuses. Possibly taking the secrets of his curative with him. Who knows what we could have cured if those
1: sheep hadn't died? I
0: know, right? Ugh. I mean, but but like, really, probably the word about fermented milk got got out around Western Europe at that time. I, I don't think I don't think it totally died, like the sheep. Aww, <laughs> oh. Lauren, I, I know. I I love I love sheep. They're they're great. Actually, I don't know any sheep. I can't say. You personally don't know not. any sheep. I, I do not. You got a problem with sheep, Lauren? <laughs> I've met some goats.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Moving along down the timeline, um, into more modern times, in 1905, there was a Bulgarian medical student by the name of Stamin Grigorov, and he discovered. One of the two bacteria that are crucial to yogurt, those lactobacillus bulgaricus, um, which which he then identified as just bacillus bulgaricus. Those kind of name changes are, are pretty, pretty common. But yeah, uh, around that time, there was really no commercial market for yogurt yet. It was either made at home or used as a medicine. It was actually sold in pharmacies and recommended by doctors, mm-hmm. including... As Annie pointed out yeah. in our notes, um, the infamous Dr. John Harvey Kellogg, who was the inventor of cornflakes, mm-hmm. the author and or practitioner of healthy living. In heavy m- quotes. Medical advice. Um, the coiner of the word sanitarium and a genital mutilator.
1: Didn't see that one coming, did you? He was
0: terrible. Look him up sometime. Um, he, but he, he recommended fermented milk products like yogurt in both the diet and quote, when rapid results are desired, by Enema. Quoting again, thus planting the protective germs where they are most needed and may render the most effective service. He wrote that in 1917. He
1: was obsessed with like bowel health, among other terrible things, but he was really concerned. He thought it had something to do with morality. Like,
0: yeah. And definitely masturbation was part of the thing that it was, I don't yeah. know.
1: I mean, if you're looking for a disturbing slash fascinating character to read about,
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, so, so, uh, so the commercial market for yogurt finally opened up around 1919 when a Barcelonian and erstwhile Balkan resident by the name of Isaac Carasso founded Dannon, which you may have heard of. Probably. And he pioneered an industrialized yogurt making process. His son Daniel, who Dannon was named after, right. actually, um, having moved to France and then fled from Nazi occupation to the United States, introduced fruit-on-the-bottom yogurts to appeal to the American palate um, in 1947.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But there was yogurt being made in the U.S. before that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, in 1929, two Armenian immigrants by the names of Rose and Sarkis Kolombosian. Sure, <laughs> they started Columbo and Sons Creamery oh. on a small farm in Andover, Massachusetts. Okay. And they were so small that they made their Columbo yogurt over wood fire stoves and delivered it using horse-drawn wagons. Wow. Oh. And it wasn't until the 1960s that their company started to take off, eventually being purchased by General Mills, who you've probably also heard of, and... uh they were purchased in 1993 and still available for purchase until 2010 when they retired. Oh. And this brings us to the whole culture and marketing aspect of yogurt. Culture. Oh, we did it again. Oh. <laughs> uh, the reason Colombo yogurt took off in the 1960s had a lot to do with the fact that it was marketed, yogurt, that is, was marketed as a health food. And that's when that marketing tactic was really starting to kick in and people were starting to buy yogurt because they associated it with the health benefits.
0: Uh, but, but is it really is it really a health food? Is it really healthy for you? We'll answer that after a break from our sponsor.
1: This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies.
3: Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. So the number one health benefit you've probably heard is that the good bacteria in yogurt that we talked about earlier, uh-huh. um, at least in yogurt with that label that says live and active cultures, Lauren and I both just did quotes when I said that. Yeah. You probably know these as probiotics, and they purportedly help keep your digestive tract and all the tens of thousands of species of bacteria living in there, happy and running smoothly. Um, and they do that mainly by keeping the balance of good bacteria versus bad bacteria in check. Right. They promote better synthesis of vitamins and um, they improve your stomach's ability to digest lactose.
0: Which is a problem, of course, that some people have.
1: Yes. Supposedly it helps out with this digestion of lactose to the point that people with lactose intolerance can usually eat dairy yogurt huh. with no problem at all. And I have a lot of friends that tell me that. Normally they can't have any dairy, but yogurt. But is yogurt's fine. fine. Yeah. On top of the digestive benefits, probiotics have been touted for bolstering your immune system, lowering your cholesterol. Uh, but before you get too excited, there's a lot of discussion in the food science community right now about probiotics and just how beneficial they actually are. Which is a very upsetting discussion to me personally because
0: I, I starting in like in like college, I had all of these doctors. Telling me like, yeah, take more probiotics, like eat more yogurt. And I mean, yogurt's delicious. Like mm-hmm. I like it. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to do that part. But I'm like, how much, if probiotics aren't really helping you, man, how much money have I spent <laughs> on probiotics <laughs> over the years? Probably a lot. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's such a big discussion right now.
1: Yeah. In a fresh air interview with author of I contain multitudes, Ed Wong, he said that the science behind these claims is lacking because there aren't enough probiotics in yogurt to really do anything substantial. Hmm. With the notable exceptions of when your gut bacteria population is way out of whack, like for people suffering from antibiotic-caused diarrhea or yeast infections. Okay. And specifically for things caused by antibiotics. Oh, okay. Um, so, in other words, it's helpful if you've got a problem, but otherwise it just sort of passes right through your system without doing much. Hmm. So, you know that saying, gut feeling? Yeah. Recent studies are checking to see if this might be a more literal thing than we thought. By examining the connection between your brain chemistry and the micro population in your gut, scientists postulate the most likely candidate for this brain-gut connection is the vagus nerve, mm-hmm. a pathway between our stomachs and brains that is stimulated by our gut bacteria to produce emotion and thought-influencing neurotransmitters. Huh. It sounds pretty creepy. Yeah. When you say it that way.
0: This This has suddenly verged into, like, Cronenbergian body horror, but I love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love to think of just this whole... Colony of bacteria worrying it out in my gut. i like, no, we want her to feel mad. <laughs> no, she's going to be sad. And then there's the chill one that's like, dude, like- let's just
0: get along and let her be happy. <laughs> I hope, I hope that the chill one is winning more often than not.
1: <laughs> well, I do eat a lot of yogurt. So yeah, should be. Uh, so, so what, what's some of the research to, uh, to kind of, to kind of back this up? There is so much research. A 2011 study of mice displaying autistic like antisocial symptoms were given probiotics. And the probiotics reversed some of their, um, anxiety, distress, and they actually did use some human volunteers in this study. Oh, cool. And, um, the human volunteers who took the same probiotic for 30 days also reported experiencing Lower levels of anxiety and depression. Oh, wow. It was a small sample size, though, but uh, it's something that they wanted to replicate in a larger study. And then in 2013, Caltech did a study to examine why autism often comes hand in hand with GI disorders oh. by inducing autism in baby mice. All of these mice exhibited gastrointestinal problems. Along oh. with the autism. Oh my goodness. They most commonly displayed intestinal permeability. Intestinal permeability. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound fun. No. And when the mice were given probiotics, the permeability, which is also called leaky gut, corrected itself. Yeah, that definitely doesn't sound fun. But no. but but cool.
0: Yeah. It, it, In score all one, of the mice
1: it corrected itself. Score one for probiotics. Mm-hmm. And the mice became more social and less anxious. Uh, obviously there are a lot of pieces to this and to the causes and treatment of autism. We still don't really know how much genetics versus, um, environment versus now possibly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, They've, they, they've, they've just found actually, um, a, uh, a series of genetic mutations in the brain Mm -hmm. that they're pretty sure are exactly what's responsible for autism, but Mm -hmm. they still don't know why those mutations happen. So it's like, well, further
1: research. Yes, always. Yeah. And a lot of this could also vary from person to person. But this was the first study showing gut bacteria could potentially be the underlying cause of some of the symptoms of autism that are currently thought to be the brain's doing. Wow. Yeah. Which is super fascinating. Yeah. And then there was another study Uh in 2013 from UCLA this time. And they divided 36 healthy women into three groups. One eating yogurt with probiotics. One eating a yogurt taste-alike product without probiotics. And the third eating no product at all twice a day for four weeks. Okay. Unless you weren't eating anything, then. Then you, yeah. Before and after, fMRI scans of the women's brains, both at rest and emotionally stimulated, showed that the brains of the women who had consumed the yogurt with probiotics were basically more chill during the emotional exercise. Huh. And even the way they processed emotion in their resting state- was different it uh, relied more on reasoning and less on the emotional side of the brain
0: yeah and
1: that that is that is a small sample yes. size of course yes but it, it had interesting implications and it's something that they want to also test on a larger a larger scale personally i have recently seen a headline are women too stressed to poop so the impact <laughs> emotion has on digestion or vice versa, just this connection seems to be a popular topic of discussion right now.
0: Yeah, there's there's so much research into it that that mm-hmm. I keep seeing. Um, and and we should actually, our, our coworker Julie Douglas is completely obsessed with like poop and and <laughs> and emotional gut bacteria connections and all of that. So we should, she wouldn't mind me saying that it's it's the truth. We should we should definitely have her uh come come on the show. <laughs> <We should>.
3: Um. <laughs> She's if,
0: if you wanna if you wanna hear from from the, the, the lady who's obsessed with poop, there's a really great show that she does for how stuff works called Um The Stuff of Life. Yeah. Which is an audio podcast, if you're if you're into those. Yeah. I don't know. Hope so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But other than potentially um uh, other than all of this probiotic stuff, mm-hmm. what else does yogurt have
1: going for it? The second thing you've probably heard is that it might help prevent osteoporosis especially for older people due to the level of bone-hardening calcium and protein present in most dairy products. Uh, And yogurt does have a lot of protein, about 8.5 grams in a cup for a plain whole milk variety. (laughs) Side note, I never put together until I was doing this research that uh, whey powder protein and the whey in yogurt are related. Oh. How have I gotten this far (laughs) in life? (laughs) And I'm someone who, uh, I lift some weights, you guys. I've taken some protein powder in my day and I just... You lift, bro? I lift, bro.
0: Yeah. I have, like, three-pound hand weights that I bop around with sometimes.
1: Hey, that's nothing to sneeze at. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's got to start somewhere, Lauren.
0: Aw, thank thank you. Thank you for the pep talk, Annie.
1: And other health stuff attributed to yogurt includes lowering your blood pressure. And that's not, um... Exclusive yogurt. Most dairy products are thought to do that. And the fact that it keeps you pretty full for pretty long with a relatively low calorie count. And that's one of the reasons it's become regarded as a weight loss food.
0: Okay. I mean, makes sense to me. That's That's why, I mean, without the science to back it up, that's why I eat it. Because I, yeah. you know, I mean, A, it's tasty and B, I am less likely to stab out the eyeballs of my coworkers and eat them at meetings because I'm less hungry.
1: We live in fear of this.
0: I, As well, you should.
1: Oh, yeah. It's like an emergency Lauren snack thing. (laughs) Oh, God. I think she's coming at someone with a fork again. I'm I'm
0: honestly surprised that no one has ever, like, thrown a granola bar at my head. (laughs) There's still time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. New goals. Um... (laughs) So all of this to say, when it comes to the question of is yogurt healthy, The short answer seems to be yes, but not as healthy as marketing would have you believe.
0: Oh, but marketing of yogurt. This is, I mean, I like, like y'all have seen yogurt commercials. They're, they're terrible. They're terrible. Up until very recently, they were basically all marketed towards women, Mm -hmm. um, or aimed at women rather. And what, why? And has it always been this way?
1: And why? No, it has not always been this way, Lauren. Okay. Uh, This kind of goes back to the history part we were talking earlier in the age-old question of how did yogurt, and in particular Greek yogurt, go from something most Americans thought was too sour to the state snack of New York as of 2014. I did not know that. Oh, it's one of my favorite Daily show clips of all time when <laughs> Jon Stewart is eviscerating the New York State Senate for their... Argue- they argued about it.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: About whether or not yogurt should be the state snack and whether or not a pretzel covered in yogurt would count.
0: I didn't know that there were state snacks. I Like state birds, sure. Yeah.
1: Back to the history of marketing in the United States of yogurt. Yeah. Like we said earlier, yogurt was around but not too prevalent or popular at all in the U.S., but uh, it was around in the 1920s. Enter Stephen A. Gamont, a Hungarian bacteriologist and founder of Gamont Laboratories, Inc., which produced the culture that allowed 500 companies to make a product, quote, like sour cream, but at a sixth of the calories. Why didn't people want that? Yeah, that sounds great. Gamont came to the U.S. in the 1940s at the invite of President Truman's vice president, Henry A. Wallace, and... Gaymont set up a lab to find a way to make yogurt more appealing to the masses, (laughs) eventually inventing a prototype for frozen yogurt and marketing yogurt with fruit added, not at the bottom of the cup, added, as a way to lure weary Americans into buying this too sour product. But weary Americans would not be lured. Ah! Nope, weren't having it. Well, not until. Not until the meat shortages of World War II, and Juan Metzger, who was the partner of daniel carrasso we talked about earlier and the president of dannon at the time tried a different angle telling americans that yogurt was a suitable meat substitute thanks to all that protein in it did it work nope hmm. so he returned to gamont's method of appealing to america's notorious sweet tooth and that's how dannon's fruit on the bottom of the cup thing came about ah yeah Uh, And thanks to the added sweetness of the fruit, Americans finally were willing to eat some yogurt on a larger scale. And Dannon is the company that pioneered the marketing of yogurt as a health food, touting the low-fat and low-sugar. Sweet and healthy. Best of both worlds. Exactly. Yeah. Dannon's marketing of yogurt as a health food was so effective that Mr. Metzger was named Marketer of the Decade in the 1970s by Marketing Communications. Ah, Mm-hmm. And the success of Dannon's health food shtick inspired competitors to do the same. An advertisement for Yami Yogurt in a 1951 issue of Life magazine named Yogurt, The Secret of Youth. Oh, yes. That Secret of Youth thing got taken to a whole nother level in 1977 when Dannon debuted their... Georgians over one hundred ad. And and this is like the third time this is like the third take of us trying to get through that sentence because
0: Annie was laughing too too hard to herself about this ad which I haven't watched it.
1: Oh, you haven't watched Oh no. You've gotta watch it, okay. you guys. At the wait, finish the episode and then <laughs> go find this ad because it is so strange. Okay. Um, run, me, run run us through. It. Let me set the scene. Okay. Okay. The shot opens on some older folks who are Hoeing some fields. Okay. And the narrator in a very like calm, kind of clinical voice is telling you that in Soviet Georgia, there's two curious things. They eat a lot of yogurt and a lot of them live past 100. Now, I'm not going to say that those two things are necessarily related, but yeah, they probably are. (laughs) And eating, (laughs) and eating yogurt will make your mom happy too. Oh! Yeah, that's how the commercial ends.
0: Okay, so living to 100 and making your mom happy. Who is older than you. Who is older than you.
1: Yeah. Still alive. Okay. Super happy you're eating yogurt. Yeah. The, this- the narrator's <laughs> like, and Volgrad had two cups of yogurt, which made his mom very happy.
0: Oh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs>
1: so, so is this, I mean... Was there any truth to this, though? I mean, unclear. In a 1998 New York Times article, the reporter went to investigate if anyone in Georgia actually ate the stuff. And they all said they didn't. Uh, h-
0: however, way back in 1909, um, Ilya uh, Mechnikov, uh, who was a Russian Nobel laureate working at the Pasteur Institute in Paris, was suggesting that the that the cultures in yogurt were responsible for the Bulgarian peasant population's longevity. And so maybe this was a strange case of crossed wires, maybe. Like, how did they pick Soviet Georgia,
1: is my question. I think I remember reading it was the first thing that filmed there um, during Soviet Soviet times.
0: Wow. Regardless
1: of how silly it was,
0: all of this marketing was, was a pretty huge success. It
1: was very effective. By 1982, sales of yogurt are at an annual 19% growth rate. Um, but this did include a lot of things like Froyo and extra sugary gelatin-laden stuff that, um, the food industry folk were starting to disagree over whether or not that actually counted it as yogurt. Ah. Yes. And I had to include that this is the same year Gogurt got its start.
0: Gogurt? Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was that early. I thought it was like when I was a kid, like a decade later.
1: It was. That's when it like became commercial and. It was in all the kids, the ads and Kids boxes, like skating yeah. around. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, skateboards and rollerblades
1: yeah. and go But this was the year the prototype, I think it was like a professor at a college was like, hey, I wonder if I put yogurt in this too.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, for, for, for those,
1: for those of you who did not grow up watching, uh,
0: commercials <laughs> with like, with like real rad kids riding skateboards <laughs> and eating go and you have no idea what we're talking uh, about, um, g- go is, is a, is a, okay, okay so, so you know those, it's it's just like a little plastic tube, like um, like those those freezy ice yeah. icy stick. Yeah, it's a, it's a tube, a little bit like that, and it's just filled with yogurt, like mm-hmm. really grossly oversweetened yogurt, in like grape flavor or something like that.
1: Yeah, uh, go green aside, though. Yes, <laughs> Dannon was still leading the way when it came to marketing, and uh, they came up with a new slogan in 1992. Quote: You can't change the world that you can change the way you live. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Very sage words. And to reinforce this ideal, Danon introduced sprinkle packs. Same year, <laughs> change the way you <laughs> live, Lauren. <laughs> put some put some sprinkles in your yogurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this still hasn't gotten to, as to the main question that we started this whole segment with.
0: Oh, right. Uh, the the question of, of women, yeah. uh, of why women seem to be the main target of this type of advertising.
1: And this kind of has to do with just, in general, women tended to buy more health-conscious foods, which, thanks to the marketing efforts, included yogurt. Okay. Um, and marketers took note that women bought more, and they thought, all right, well, let's just try to... Pivot more towards women. It's working, so let's go for it. Yeah, and they also, um, as with a lot of products, women usually did the grocery shopping. So a lot of marketers did Uh, kind of aim their ads towards women. Sure. In this pivot, Yogurt made towards women. They started marketing less as like health, a health food and more as a weight loss food. Since one of the worst things a woman could ever be is fat of course that's yeah. the very that's absolutely the very very worst i know as we all are aware now, that's what my tv tells me yeah every day yeah you guys have probably seen these commercials where it's like you want that piece of boston cream pie but not the extra pounds grab your place boston cream pie flavored yogurt you'll never know the difference it's better. yeah <laughs> i know <laughs> it's better than sex yeah better than a massage yeah better than chocolate my god even better than shoes how can anything be better than shoes? It can't
0: be. We're we're,
1: we're being very sarcastic right now. I, yeah, hope, I, hope, I hope I hope that it's, it's very clear. <laughs> this is this is also sexist and horrifying. Another famous ad that I remember seeing was the, I remember this one too. Yeah, yeah, it was a woman. She's like staring into the refrigerator at this piece of raspberry cheesecake, and she's thinking in her head like, "How much exercise am I going to have to do? How many calories am I going to have to burn off? If I want to eat this piece of cheesecake and nullify it." And then. Um, one of her colleagues comes up and is like, I've been thinking about that cheesecake all day. And she reaches into the refrigerator and surprise reveal, it's raspberry cheesecake flavored yogurt.
0: With only a 100
1: calories. Yeah. The woman who's thinking about eating the actual real dessert, heaven forbid, <laughs> is like, oh, you've lost weight. So a recurring theme in all of these commercials is that yogurt will keep you skinny and able to overcome your cravings for evil fatty desserts. And so it is your power. It is your savior. This is, oh, it's such, it's just such a gendered mess. Yeah, it, it really is. And one of the biggest offenders for this was Activia. Uh, and this is product that is owned by Danon. It,
0: it's like main draw is that um, it it uh, it, it, it regulates your, your poop. Yeah. You poop better with, with Activia.
1: Yes. It regulates the keyword. They trademarked their own... I guess, culture, probiotic culture, bifidus regularis. Ah, (laughs) that kind of sounds like a spell. Right? They were around in Europe for several years before they launched in the United States in 2006. They hired an opinion research company that surveyed 20,000 people in the search for America's, quote, most irregular cities. (laughs) And they did this with like horrible... Did you did you read like no? <laughs> they say the traffic's really backed up in Orlando. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and irregular was defined here as quote that miserable experience of not going to the bathroom for two or more days. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. And they extrapolated their results, saying that 26 million Americans have been irregular at least once in the last two months. And GI problems do appear to impact women more than men. Or at the very least, women more often are diagnosed, which could also go back to the fact that women are more likely to go to the doctor.
0: Yeah. Uh, going back to terrible sexism, as mentioned above.
1: Yes. Um, but all that aside, because of that, Activia slash Danon focused all of their marketing prowess and money on women.
0: For, for this Activia campaign.
1: Yes. And you guys have probably seen or heard of that Jamie Lee Curtis ad campaign where she's talking about how it helps keep her regular and she's rubbing her belly and all happy. That was a $100 million campaign. Oh, my goodness. Kind of related tangent-ish. There's a whole tangled mess of body control, body image, stress, and feminine beauty standards. Yeah, I said it. Surrounding this <laughs> and the culture of constipation dating all the way back to the 19th century. And a, a f- procedure called the Lane colectomy. A surgery performed mostly on women by Sir Arthur Notch Lane. What a great name. Yeah. He claimed that a lacking of health in the digestive arena made a woman ugly and therefore <gasps> unmarriageable. Unmarriageable. Oh my god. That's even worse than being fat. It uh didn't work, surprise, and it was harmful also. Oh. All right.
0: Well, okay. Back back <laughs> from this depressing yes. tangent.
1: Tangent over.
0: Yeah. Back um, to
1: Activia. They had a very successful opening year in the U.S., raking in $130 million in sales. And sales doubled the next year, which is very rare for a company in like their first year. But if you listen closely to their commercials, they never actually say anything about preventing constipation. They just really heavily imply it. (laughs) With that rubbing the stomach thing. Uh And then there's a famous ad where a woman, her bare stomach is exposed, and on top of it is a yellow arrow pointing downward, which is implying, like, it's going to clean you out. Yeah. Or at least that's what how I would read it. Sure. Um, and they specifically did not say constipation because the FDA labels constipation as a disease. And when a product claims to treat a disease, there's a whole FDA rigmarole of getting that claim approved. Well, they didn't want to do that. <laughs> um, and this was another red flag about what these ads were implying because probiotics are generally used to treat diarrhea, not constipation. Right. But Activia got around this by saying on their website that, um, it helped with IBS. Uh, in internal intestinal bowel syndrome, bowel syndrome. Mm-hmm. which could cause constipation and or diarrhea. Ah, mm-hmm. several studies pretty recently into Activia's health claims, um, found that there was little to no science to back up what they were saying, and implying, or that some of their ads were outright false. Activia eventually had to reach a $21 million settlement with the FTC in 2010 for their misleading Jamie Lee Curtis ads. And now they can't advertise any health benefits unless they also mention that you have to eat three servings a day to get them which is a lot of yogurt. Yeah. Uh, that's way
0: more yogurt than I personally care to consume.
1: Yeah. That's way too much. Yeah. Activia didn't seem too hurt by this though. And uh, the same year, the settlement, they made 505 million. So, so, so that 21 million is a drop in the bucket really mm. when you get down to it. Mm-hmm. More recently, you've probably seen yogurt ads featuring hunky men like John Stamos and women deciding they'd rather have sex with the yogurt. Speaking of John Stamos, let's not forget yogurt's recent foray into masculine gendered yogurt, with products like Brogurt. Brogurt! Introduced in 2013. More protein for all your muscle building needs and in tough black containers. Yeah,
0: cause you can't eat yogurt out of a white container cause it makes you less
1: masculine. <laughs>
0: what we're really saying here, y'all, is that sexism hurts men too. Yep. So. Yeah. Sexism aside. <laughs> sexism
1: aside. <laughs> uh, other, other, other key marketing things. Uh, yeah. Established its American subsidiary in 2004. It started to be sold in the U.S. before that, uh, around 1988,
0: I believe. Oh, wow. uh uh-huh. uh-huh.
1: And a factory in upstate New York was established in 2008. A year before that, in 2007, they had an ad along the Macy's Day Parade route. That same year, Chobani bought a factory big enough for mass distribution from Kraft also in upstate New York, right next door to Faya. And speaking of Joe Bonney, during the 2014 Winter Olympic Games in Sochi, Russia blocked a shipment of 5,000 cups of yogurt meant for American athletes due to, quote, improper paperwork. Oh. It ended up getting donated to food banks in the oh. area. The Olympians never got it.
0: Oh, poor Olympians. I mean, but yay for the food banks. Yep. Yeah. That, that, that must have been a really nice surprise. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, of course, we cannot talk about yogurt without mentioning at least a tiny bit
1: frozen yogurt. Well, like we said earlier, it was invented in the 1940s-ish, but one of the big moments of note uh, was when Pinkberry opened its L.A. store in 2005. A lot of fanfare, a lot of excitement. Kind of the start of Froyo's wonderful, like, 10 years. Bizarre
0: (laughs) decade. (laughs) At the forefront of the American consciousness. Mm-hmm.
1: But by 2014, papers like the Washington Post reported on the decline of froyo, running headlines like um, "With cupcakes in decline, is frozen yogurt the next to fall?" <laughs> oh. that's, that's beautiful.
0: I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm picturing, I'm picturing like a risk board, but but with like with like <laughs> cupcakes <laughs> in one quarter and froyo in another. <laughs> we should definitely do a whole episode on. uh Unfrozen yogurt because I think that the yeah
1: I do love frozen yogurt I hardly ever get it but when I do it's a nice special day
0: it is it is I, I, I'm always I'm always so flummoxed when I'm standing by all of those spigots though because it's just like like I, I I'm hypothetically here to eat a dessert but so much of my brain just balks at the idea of putting like chocolate sauce on yogurt because yeah. I'm like a it's not going to taste that good
3: mm-hmm. I'd rather just
0: eat a chocolate bar yeah and and b like why am i doing this to yogurt which has done nothing to me yeah. <laughs> it's so kind to me why am i putting <laughs> sprinkles on it
1: <laughs> because you gotta you can't change the world but you can change the way you live Remember? <laughs> <laughs> so if you're turned off by all of this marketing and you're thinking hmm, maybe i want to make my own yogurt just wait until after this short break and we'll let you know how to do that Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com.
2: Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Falcoa Park! Give me a woo! Rollercoaster! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org, funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.
3: Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. Let's say you are an
1: Olympian facing a yogurt shortage or maybe just an average person looking to save some yogurt money. How would you go about making your own yogurt? You can make your own yogurt. I I believe you can. I've never done it. Me neither. But. But the is. experts say that there's a couple of ways. <laughs> For the easiest method, you're going to need some milk, preferably whole or 2%, mm-hmm. and some plain Greek or regular yogurt. Um, just make sure there are the live cultures listed in the ingredients, like we said earlier. Um and the more the better. Specifically for
0: yogurt making, um, I, I read that it's better to get one of the like large global brands instead of one of the smaller specialty kind of brands because the, those larger brands contain more like predictable, mm-hmm. dependable cultures. And so, so it just it just might not culture properly if you use one of the one
1: off cups. Mm-hmm. You're also gonna want to make sure all your equipment is nice and sterile. Because you don't want any other weird germs, bacteria messing up your culture. Mm-hmm. You're going to need a heavy pot and the lid. Uh, a lot of people said they use Dutch ovens. Okay. Once you've got your equipment, first you're going to want to heat the milk to about 200 degrees Fahrenheit or 93 degrees Celsius. Steering gently because you don't want it to scorch. And this temperature changes the protein structures of the milk, which we talked about earlier. Right. Um, and then you're going to want to cool it. Till it's just warm enough to touch, about 115 degrees Fahrenheit or 46 degrees Celsius. And you're going to keep stirring it because you don't want a skin to form over the top. Okay. Uh-huh. And then you're going to add about a cup of milk to thin out the yogurt. And you're going to whisk to combine. Mm-hmm. Lauren and I are both, like, gesturing yeah. through this. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's uh, helping. Yeah. it's. I'm visualizing it as uh-huh. I say it. Then you're going to put the pot covered in a turned-off oven with the light turned on or some other insulated, warm place. Okay. You wait for it to set, which is about four hours or overnight. The longer you wait, the more tartness you'll get out of the flavor, and also the thicker the yogurt.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Letting the bacteria do their thing, getting oh, more yeah. lactic acid in there. That yeah. does make
1: sense. Sure. <laughs> and uh, when the yogurt has set to your liking, remove it from the oven or wherever it is. You stashed it and let it cool. You can either uh, pour off the whey, or you can whisk it in. Um, even if you pour off the whey, whisk it for good measure. Okay. Uh, and and you, and
0: you can keep that whey if you do pour it off. You can uh, keep it and use it for uh, for baking purposes. You can oh. use it as a substitute in like your 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 bread or quick bread recipes. Um, or you could add it to a smoothie. Oh yeah, well that makes perfect. It's sense. nutritious and delicious. <laughs> Tastes just like whey. <laughs>
1: So, 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 you, so you've whisked the yogurt? Yes. And then you can transfer it to containers and refrigerate it for up to two weeks. And after this, you can make more homemade yogurt using your own homemade yogurt. What? Whoa! Crazy! <laughs> That's starter culture, y'all. Yeah. If you happen to have a dehydrator or yogurt maker, uh, you can use those to do this. Mm-hmm. I have seen some recipes where people, instead of putting it in a Dutch oven, they put the yogurt in individual mason jars.
0: Oh, that sounds slightly unnecessarily complicated, but but yeah. I guess you save time on the back end of packaging.
1: Variations of this, you can add gelatin or milk powder for thickness and whatever flavors you'd like. And vanilla is one of the most popular options.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can also add a, a jam or something in there if you want that fruit on the bottom kind
1: of experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to make your own Greek yogurt, you strain it to the thickness you like using a cheesecloth, a strainer. In a bowl.
0: Yeah. you Just uh, just uh, uh take the cheesecloth or, or like a clean cotton or something, put the yogurt in there, mm-hmm. hang it over a bowl.
1: Yeah. This sounds like- Let it drain out. Very simple. I thought there was going to be a lot more steps and a lot more waiting when I originally in my head was envisioning, how do you make yogurt? Like it's clearly got to be so complicated. Yeah.
0: But it's really just waiting for bacteria to poop.
1: <laughs> Ooh, when you put it that way. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Uh, I definitely want to try this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The other most commonly used method is almost exactly the same, except instead of using store-bought or homemade yogurt, you use a powdered yogurt starter uh, and you follow the directions on the package. But after that, it's pretty much the same. Difficulty level is only higher in procuring this kind of obscure ingredient.
0: I, I hear that it exists or, or that you can purchase it online, yes. certainly. And uh, by the way, if you want to make yogurt from soy or rice or coconut or nut milks, you'll probably want to use powdered cultures. I, I guess you could try with like store-bought live culture, whatever type of yogurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but it's reportedly more temperamental than dairy milk yogurt. So using those, using those uh, packaged... Powdered cultures might be the easiest way to get it done.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so, why why would you want to do this other than like you're curious and you want to have a large amount of dairy product sitting <laughs> in your oven <laughs> overnight? Uh, it's not it's not difficult really. Mm-hmm. And advocates report that it's both tastier and thicker than store bought yogurt is. Uh, furthermore, if you eat it often, you'll be reducing the number of plastic containers that are in yeah. circulation, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the cost. Um, there's a really great cookbook or cook guide called make the bread by the butter that Annie introduced me to it's by Jennifer Reese, no relation, no relation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. she, <laughs> and, and, uh, she reports in the book that the cost difference is pretty significant as well. Um, as of 2011 prices, a quart of store-bought yogurt cost anywhere from like $3, 15 cents to $8 for the like cheapest generic brands to the really schmancy Greek-style name brands, Mm -hmm. whereas homemade yogurt costs $1.75 for a
1: quart. Wow. So, yeah. It's pretty substantial.
0: But other than just eating it,
1: uh, hey, what else can you use yogurt for? You can use yogurt for a pretty wide variety of things, um, especially in the realm of substitution. Mm -hmm. You can substitute oil. I use it when I make, like, fruit breads, like pumpkin bread. Yeah. You can substitute for sour cream. Mm Mm-hmm. I've been able to fool myself into like blue cheese kind of oh, thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh huh. Mayo, and uh, like chicken or potato or tuna salads. Uh-huh. Or for
0: cream in uh, soups or stews or mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Also smoothies.
1: Yes, I use it smoothies a lot. Mm-hmm. Homemade for you.
0: Or or even as a dessert topping, mm-hmm. which is like. Kind of a su- substitution for whipped cream, I guess. Um, but it's it's really its own lovely thing. It's it's great on like shortcakes and bunt cakes, anything kind of like like heavy and, and sweet. Um and, and really, seriously, like one of my favorite things is pound cake with supremed grapefruit or blood orange sections, and a dollop of plain yogurt and a, a fresh crack of black pepper over the top. That sounds delicious. It's so good. Um and thanks to my friend Daryl Autry for that one. Thanks Daryl. It's it's really it's really good. Go. Let's let's all go. Let's go get
1: a let's go get a pound cake. I am so down. <laughs> Before we wrap up completely, it's time to read some listener mail because we have been hearing from some of you. It's been lovely. Yes. Keep emailing. This one is from a history PhD From the
0: UK, named Stephanie. Yeah, she wrote in to say, I admit I tend not to drink a lot of champagne, both due to cost and preference. I'm a big fan of Prosecco though. It's made with much cheaper, with the much cheaper tank method and ends up more bubbly than champagne. It's also easy to get good Prosecco affordably. Um, aside from Lauren, uh, Prosecco is also totally what I drink at at home. Most, uh, Prosecco and Cava for, for very, very much
1: those reasons. Verified by Annie.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Back to Stephanie. The big thing I remembered was going to a wine tasting and being told that the best thing to have with champagne is fish and chips. Something about the bubbles cutting through greasiness and being just acidic enough to be extra nice.
1: Aside from Annie, that sounds delicious. Right? Oh, Okay,
0: back to Stephanie. (laughs) As for cauliflower with Velveeta... I'm sure it's the Americanized cauliflower cheese that seems to be a big thing in the UK. It's basically macaroni and cheese, but with cauliflower rather than noodles. It's really common as a ready meal here and generally cheap, though with actual cheddar cheese. In fact, cauliflower is generally so cheap here. Um Earlier today, I saw a head for 80 pence or about a dollar that the idea of it being expensive was baffling. Uh, end quote. And then Stephanie followed up with a link to a report on this winter's cauliflower crop from the UK from, uh, from ITV News. And apparently the market for cauliflower there is so overwhelmed by international imports that East Kent farmers have had to plow huge amounts of their crops back into the soil this year. Um, uh, pr- price markets on perishables are so fascinating. Yeah. And also that's so sad. Yeah, I know, that makes me very sad. Like, oh, Aunt- <laughs> Annie <Andy> is <laughs> making an extremely sad face right <laughs> oh, now. <laughs> poor cauliflower.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks so much for writing in Stephanie. That was, that was really interesting.
0: While we're, we're thanking people, um, I wanted to throw a thank you to um, audio producer dylan fagan for for recording this for us. Dylan's he's, waving at us. He's waving at us. He's listening all so nice. thanks to all of you for for also listening to mm-hmm. this this whole time. If you have any suggestions for other things that you would like to listen to us talk about, you can you can email us.
1: Yes, we have a fancy new email address. Mm-hmm. It is foodstuff at howstuffworks.com. Also, thanks to local Atlanta Greek yogurt maker, Atlanta Fresh.
0: Yeah, uh, we, we were able to go talk to them about this small industrial production. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, th- 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 thanks to all of them for being so generous.
1: Yeah, and um, there is a video component to this episode.
0: As we have mentioned, it should be available on amazon prime if you if you google us you'll you'll
1: you'll figure yeah. it out y'all y'all are See smart it out. People. internet people you can, yeah you can figure
0: it out you totally can um so yeah th- again thank you so much for listening um we'll talk to you again real soon and uh, we hope that many more lovely things are coming your way
1: Pronamel is the number one dentist recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com.
2: Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give City tour. The trolley. Give me animals. Give me some sea life. (laughs) Give me museums. Give me a woo! Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism and Marketing District Assessment Funds.
4: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
2: Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring.